You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. It's safe to say that uh, AFRIMAT has outgrown its construction roots and that its uh, building materials categorization has become misleading. 82% of profits were earned from its iron ore mining operations that had an exceptional year last year. The iron ore division is expanding with the addition of Jenkins Mine, flush with cash from its uh, iron ore profits. AFRIMAT acquired the Inkamati Anthracite Mine and announced after year-end that they've acquired uh, the Gravenhager Manganese Mining Right. Operating profit for bulk commodities shot up by 128.4%. Their industrial minerals business had a tough year, though, due to lockdown restrictions affecting their glass and steel producing clients. Operating a profit declined there by 41.9%, while the construction materials segment was impacted considerably by the national lockdown. Operating profit falling 45.5%, but certainly improving both of those in the second half. Overall, HEPs up 27% to a shade under 442 cents. AFRIMAT has declared a record 163.7 million rand final dividend for the full year, boosted by that uh, iron ore price and some very astute deal-making as always. CEO Andres van Heerden, uh, you'll take that given the circumstances, but firstly, just how tough was it managing the business through the early part of the pandemic? Yeah, Michael, you know, it's really a, a, a story with two parts. The first was in the pandemic, it was... Uh, it was really a very, very tough time, uh, especially, you know, we took the decision at the time to pay our, our pay people in full uh, during that period. And, and you know, there were a couple of nights that I woke up in sweat and wondered, you know, am I doing the right thing? Because, you know, what, you know how long is this going to last and will our cash last? And, you know, all those difficult questions. So that was a very, very difficult time. Uh, then in the lockdown, we also, you know, the, we took the, the time and really spent uh, time on, on the detail of our business. And we analyzed our business in, in depth. And, uh, and it actually showed when, when we came back and you know, how well the business recovered. So that was the first part. The second part was after the business opened up again and, and everything went back to normal. Um, you know, that was the fun part, that the team was highly motivated, the business was picking up. And, you know, for instance, our, our construction materials business, uh, although the, the figures for the full year looks uh, relatively sad, the, uh, the second half, if you compare the second half with the second half of the previous year, it grew the operating profit by 45% year on year. So, uh, so the second half was a lot more fun. And on that, I mean, Rabex's results recently spring to mind. Uh, the management there saying that they seen demand coming through to rival that which they saw during the boom years of the 2010 World Cup. Uh, is that the sort of demand picture that, that you're seeing through construction materials? We we are seeing very, very good demand. Um, you know, as I said, the second half uh, came, came through very strongly. Um, I... Yeah, I would not compare it with with the 2006, 2007 years yet, uh, but it, but it's 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 good. It's the best that I have seen in in a decade. That is encouraging. And uh, speaking of the World Cup, uh, you've come a long way from uh, from the, the the crisis years of the World Cup when we saw construction materials going barely up because of the the issues around uh, the the stadium and the, the the government looking at competition concerns. Looking back at the lessons that you've learned through that crisis, uh, what are the key ones that you feel have actually put you in better shape to tackle this crisis? Well, I think the 
you, you know, you're thinking of it firstly, the importance of really strategically looking at what is the current reality that you're in and not dreaming about some ideal future or ideal history or whatever. I think that was a big one. And we, you know, our diversification model was, uh, was uh, grown from there. Secondly, looking at what happened to our customers, um, who many of them were, were investigated and implicated in, in all those things around the stadia that you referred to. Um, and, you know, what I learned from that, and it, well, if, if we learned, because I really knew that, but it's just how important it is to make sure that your company sticks to its values and, and, and that you should drive an ethical uh, approach to your business and, and never compromise on that. And then thirdly, is make sure that the balance sheet uh, is never over yet because most of those companies that got into deep trouble were those companies that, that just overgeared their balance sheets and, and uh, just couldn't get, get out of that debt trap. And if you look at what uh, shareholders have enjoyed because of that approach, uh, I think your share price back then was around uh, 300 cents, if memory serves me correct. You're currently at uh, 50 rand. So that's like a 16,500% increase for shareholders that you've delivered in the ensuing decade. And now, if we look forward, uh, and let's face it, shareholders, markets are forward-looking. Uh, we look at the iron ore price. It's currently around $207 a tonne. It remains remarkably high. Given that the Chinese are starting to rattle a few cages over there to try and put a lid on, on runaway uh, commodity prices, what levels are you comfortable with uh, in order to keep um, that, that balance sheet looking healthy to fund the Gravenacher deal, for example, out of existing cash flows and, and not having to resort to, to borrowings or shareholders to fund the development costs of, of this asset and into the future? Yeah, the, the iron ore price, uh, assuming that what's happening in our construction materials business and in our industrial minerals business, assuming that that continues and we have good, good uh, reason to think it will, um, and uh, assuming we don't want to overgear the balance sheet, we we need an iron ore price north of, say, $90 a ton. Um, and so we've got quite a long way with, a, oh. with the uh, iron ore price currently just under $200. You know, there's quite a lot of our bedroom there. Yeah, margin margins of safety, as Benjamin Graham would say. When you look at the yeah. manganese price, you're on record as saying that it's lagged the iron ore price, but it is also a critical component in in steel. And we see, you know, that the US is ramping up on infrastructure. In fact, all over the world, it's been a big leg of this commodity bull or super cycle, even that we're in. Why do you think the manganese price has lagged, and and what what do you see as the potential from here? Yeah, that is a that is a more difficult uh, question to answer. And what the potential is, um, uh, we we've modelled it in, in various ways. Um, and uh, if my memory serves me right, it's somewhere three. I think at three dollars fifty a, a dry metric ton unit at the moment. If I'm not mistaken, and I'm relying on my memory here, um, it could go as high as five. Um, but then. Uh, we you know, we don't think it has. Uh, it, it obviously there's always the potential of it going lower, but uh, the 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 manganese price has been lagging the rest of the of the um, commodities boom a little. So so we actually think there's a higher probability of seeing prices higher than what they are now than seeing them them coming down. 
But it's always dangerous to predict the commodity price. <laughs> I know it, it has made uh, it, it's made much smarter men than than I in particular uh, look rather foolish on the the back end of what happened at the end of the last commodity super cycle where uh, prices were modelled and predicted out into the future deals were done uh, balance sheets were geared up and then we just saw uh, everything come tumbling down the one thing we have seen though I think generally Andres is uh, management teams have been a lot more conservative in this current cycle we haven't seen the kind of frothy uh, M&A and also development of of new greenfields. So even if the commodity cycle were to to, uh, pull back a little bit from here, uh, it doesn't look like we'll see the the same sort of shakeout that we saw in 2007-8. How do you view it broadly? I I agree with you. I think there were many of us that that have seen what happened to to overgeared balance sheets. And I think most of us are, are very conservative with how we manage our balance sheets um, and, and you know, understanding how, how quickly the, uh, things can change. Um, and then you have to have a balance sheet that, that can that, that robust enough to handle that. And so there, is, there is also talk that you're looking at rare earths. And uh, I think the name of rare earths is something of a misnomer. They're, they're far from rare, but they are used in a, a range of technologies and kind of 4IR type technologies. What is the opportunity that you see in this space? I don't know where you get your information, but I, you've got me scared now. Um, Rare earths is a very interesting mineral, and I'm not saying we're going there, but uh, yeah, you're right. There, there is some some work happening in the background, and some very very interesting uh, R and D work going on. Um, but you know, obviously, there's uh, things like scandium and a few other of these minerals um, are, are rare. You know, they are scarce, and there's a huge demand that's being used for magnets and and with uh, electric vehicles uh, on the rise and more and more electric uh, motors needed and servo motors and all the rest, those magnets, the, the demand for, for materials that are used in magnets is just, uh, is just like you saw. So uh, um, I'm, uh, I think it is something to look at seriously. Afri Matsi, uh, Andres van Heerden reporting back on a phenomenal year for uh, one of the uh, top capital allocating uh, Building materials businesses? No, it's a mining company listed on the JAC and has served uh, shareholders remarkably well over the last uh, two decades.